thank you, Ms. Harden. Good to have Ms. Harden back, too. She's been out gallivanting around. She's getting too old for that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sorry. Not as old as him yet. I mean, glad I'm saved this morning. I love love stories. I just do. I mean, you know, I watch those... I don't. I don't watch them tearjerkers now. And some movies that come on TV, and and I used to look over at my wife and big old tears would be coming down her eyes. I said, "What are you doing? She's getting sad. But turn the stupid thing off, then." Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. But when when the guy wins a pretty girl there once in a while, you know, makes me feel good. Makes me still hope I'll get one. You know. Or, Make me, my love for my wife will stay like it always has been. Just I love love stories. And I get in the Bible some of the most beautiful love stories in the world, in the Bible. And I and and now I want to show you something. I want you to understand this. Everything that's in the Word of God is about one thing. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ being our Savior, coming to this world to save sinners like you and I to take us to His heaven. Everything. I was going through names. I was talking to Brother Booth about this uh, just last night. Uh, I go through these books in the Bible and there's a bunch of names, just names after names after names, you know. And, and uh, I said, Lord, why do you put all these names in here? There's got to be a reason. And so I went back to the death star study and I found out the reason that they were there. They're in the lineage of Christ. And uh, when you study them and you get the understanding of it, they got more meaning to you when you realize that. Don't just overshadow them and go on. And when you read stories like I'm fixing to read to you in just a minute, this is not just about a man loving a woman or a woman loving a man. This is about our Savior and how you get saved, born again, going to heaven. Uh, it's, a, it's a plan of God's salvation. Now listen to me very carefully. There's only one plan of salvation. One. There's not a half a dozen. Uh, there's not a Church of God plan. There's not a Methodist plan. Although my sister says that she's a Methodist. She's come in this morning bragging on her Methodist preacher to a Baptist preacher. That ain't right. But anyhow, we, we're sitting and talking this morning. Uh, what I'm trying to say, there's not a Methodist plan, there's not a Baptist plan, there's not a Catholic plan, there's not a name any religion you want to plan of salvation. There's only one plan of salvation to get a soul to heaven. Amen? So when you realize that and you read stories like I'm fixing to read to you, God show you how simple it is to be saved. And I want to read to you, if you would, Genesis chapter 24. What a heartwarming story this really is. Genesis 24, beginning in verse 1. And Abraham was old, and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abram, Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, and thou shalt, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go unto thy, my kindred, my country, unto my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. 
And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me under this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son hither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from my oath, only bring not my son hither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swear unto him concerning that matter. Now I don't have time to read the whole story, but uh, look over in verse 15. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born of Bethuel, son of Micah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. Heavenly Father, would you bless the study and the reading of thy word today. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in every ear that hears this message today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You... You can't hardly tell this story and understand the story unless you read the whole chapter. But if I take time to read the whole chapter, I can't get done what I want to say. And so read it yourself when you get a chance directly. I believe that you'll get a thrill out of just reading. Now this whole chapter is typical. What that means is that God uses things in His Bible, in His Word, to typify, to show you. It's like I said before, uh, some religions say that this pool of water up here washes your sins away. No, it doesn't. That's typical of the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, that's a picture type. And so, uh, it's like I say to some people, I want to tell you about my wife, and I pull out my billfold, and I got a picture of my wife and my billfold, and I show you my picture of my wife, and I say, this is my wife. No, it's not. It's a picture of my wife. And you can't make the picture without your wife being born first. And so it's the same way when it comes to salvation. Uh, God's using this story here to picture salvation of a sinner. Show it as how it's done. And watch it. Now, if you take each one of these characters that's mentioned in, in this chapter, for instance, Abraham... Uh, is a type of God the Father. First of all, God the Father, the King of Glory, like Abraham, who would make a marriage for his son. In Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14, it talks about uh, Jesus having a marriage supper, and that's likened to the marriage supper of the Lamb one day we're going to have with Him in glory. Amen? But, uh, John 6, verse 44, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, before we learn of the servant, you must first remember some things that the Bible teaches. Number one, God forbids marriage of a believer and an unbeliever. Now remember that as you read this story. God forbids for a saved person to marry an unsaved person. I don't care. I'm not interested in the color, the creed, or whatever. It's saved or unsaved. 
if you're saved and you try to marry an unsaved person, and I've had men and women both come to me and say, Oh, but preacher, I love them. I want to get married and I'll change them. But it's forbidden of God. And if you go beyond that, you'll have trouble. And so, uh, let me show you something now. I want you to learn this. Why does God use this story here to show us something? The servant is to go into his brethren to get him a wife. Don't get them at a Canaanite. Why? Because it's forbidden to bury a believer with an unbeliever. And Abraham is sent out of where he was to get a bride from his own kinsmen or fellow believers. Ephesians 1 verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. Now, remember, just two chapters back, if you go back and study it, two chapters back in the book of Genesis, chapter 22, Isaac had been led to Moriah and offered up as a sacrifice to God. But God stayed Abram's hand, and Isaac was obedient unto death, though. Went to Calvary to die on the death of the sacrifice, for instance. God the Father, when Isaac was obedient unto the Father to go die in chapter 22, and Abraham was fixing to offer up his son, he was going to literally kill his son as a sacrifice in chapter 22, is likened to God the Father sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in this world to be a sacrifice for your sins upon the cross of Calvary. Now we come to the servant, type of the Holy Spirit. If you'll notice this servant, and Abraham said unto his eldest servant, verse 2, that's the type of the Holy Spirit. Now, watch this. The servant is an unnamed servant. He never speaks of himself or draws attention to himself. There is religions in this country and all across the world that says, Ah, oh, she's got the Holy Spirit, or she's got the Holy Spirit, he ain't got the Holy Spirit, because they jump up and run around and shout and carry on. You listen to me. The Holy Spirit will never bring attention to himself. He will always point to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will take you and point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will never take glory to himself. Now, he only speaks of the things belonging to Abraham the father. The father in all the things belongs to the bridegroom Isaac. That's the type of Jesus. Now, here in Genesis 24, the servant always acted in accordance with the will of Abraham the father with Isaac's interest in mind. Now, John 16, verse 13 and 14 plainly tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes into the believer... He comes in not to speak of Himself, but to speak of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice also, when the servant arrived at his destination, the servant prayed, and this speaks of the fact, all must be done in fellowship with God in heaven. Everything that we do. All this speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's work is to make much of the Son of God and to tell of the Father and His wondrous ways. He came to seek a bride for Christ. Do you know why the Holy Spirit was sent in this world? He's looking for a bride of Christ. 
Now watch this. The Holy Spirit takes advantage of, of life, ordinary circumstances. He never forces, never violates the human will. God gives us a will of our own. He never overwhelms. He never uses weird and uncamry things to ravish the soul. Just ordinary things happen. A visit here, a visit there, a chance meeting there, an unexpected conversation, a, a, a track passed out, or uh, yet all the time the servant, the Holy Spirit, is working. And until at last the gospel is presented and the hour of decision is made. This was what the servant was doing with Rebecca. Now, that's the way the Holy Spirit works for the lost soul. Now look at verse 57 and verse 58 of the same chapter. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebecca and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Now, I want you to watch this. Rebecca is a type of the lost person, the one that needs to be saved. And Rebecca had to make a choice. Did you know God won't make you get saved? God will give you every, every chance in the world to get saved. Your mother, your daddy prays for you. Somebody hands out a tract to you. They'll do every, The Holy Spirit uses all kinds of circumstances. You ever pulled out and started to pull out in that road and all of a sudden something said to you, don't work out, and a car runs back in front of you, and God gets your attention every way He can to get you to stop and think about you need the Lord as your Savior. He does everything in the world to get it done, but it's your choice. God give you a free will mind. You have to choose. Now watch this. There's another character here that's mentioned in the Bible. And his name is Laban. Laban is Rebekah's brother. And now look at verse 56 in verse 55 in verse 56. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days at the least ten. After that she shall go. And he said unto her, Hinder me not. Seeing the Lord has prospered my way, send me away that I may go to my master. Now I want you to watch this. Laban is a type of the world. And those who uh, uh, would hinder a soul from being saved. Laban, Laban was interested in only one thing. And you watch it. You go study this. He was interested in the gifts that the servant was bringing. The earrings. The bracelets. And trying to hinder the servant in his work. This tells us that that old unsaved world bunch out there that we used to call our friends wants one thing out of us, all they can get out of us. That's all they're interested in. They hinder the Holy Spirit from working in our lives and Jesus coming into our life and being our Savior. Then notice the servant gives gifts to the bridegroom. He gives gifts. Did you know in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and verse 23 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to every believer? The gift of love, the gift of caring, all kind of gifts does the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 tells that the Holy Spirit gives us. The servant, the Holy Spirit, brings the bridegroom, the believer, to the bride, uh, brings the bride, the believer, to the bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ, and listen to this, 
Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, one of these days, when Jesus comes again, the Holy Spirit will take all believers out to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. One of these days, my Savior's come. Amen? And when He does, the Holy Spirit will take us out of this world to meet Him in the air. Now, you go through this story. Genesis 24, verse 16. Now, listen, the bride, Rebecca, type of the church, called out believers, virgin, bride of Christ, Galatians, uh, Genesis 24 now, and look at verse 16. Verse 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2 says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. I want to ask you something. How can sinners like you and I become pure as a virgin unto our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ? Only by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. I, one day, this, this is what amazes me. One of these days, I'm going to be welcomed into God's heaven just as pure as Jesus is pure. You know why? Only one reason. Oh, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I quit chewing, I quit running around. No, none of them things count. There's only one thing that counts. Are you washed in the blood? Have you received the blood atonement, Lord Jesus? If you are, you become a chaste virgin unto God. God will never look on my sins again because of the blood. Now, I want us to notice one thing that determines Rebecca becoming Isaac's bride. Now, verse 57. Verse 57. And they said, We will call a damsel and require her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Will thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Did you know the Bible makes it clear and plain we all have a free will? Just like Rebekah. Will you go or will you won't? Romans 10:13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you know that's God give you a free will? In other words, God said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, but reverse that for just a minute. Whosoever will not call upon the Lord, then shall not be saved. Amen? God give you a choice. And if you will make the right choice, then you become the bride of Christ. Isaac, the last one, the bridegroom is a type of Christ. Now, this is our story here. The bride, Rebecca, had never seen Isaac. Think about that. You ever talk to people... And they say, how do you know there's a Christ? You ain't never seen Him. How are you going to love somebody you've never seen? I know one thing, I love my Lord. I look forward to seeing Him. Rebecca never seen uh, uh, Isaac. Never laid eyes on Him. And yet she loved Him. Now you think about this. All believers love the Lord Jesus Christ, our bridegroom. We have never seen Him except through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, the servant. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom, and though now you see him not, 
yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. I believe the most beautiful part of this story is found in verse 63 down through verse 67. You watch this. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the evening tide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lifted off the camel, lighted off the camel. That's the only time in the Bible I can find where you smoking is mentioned. They lighted off their camel. For she had said in to the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her unto his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Oh, what a story. Now, you just think about that. What a day that must have been. When Isaac first learned of, uh, when Rebecca first learned of Isaac, she had a thousand questions in her mind. I know one thing. The first time I ever learned of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, I had a thousand questions. I wanted to know, how can you love someone like me? And how can you? And, and I, I just had a thousand questions. Where are you at, Lord? Uh, where is heaven? What's heaven like? I wanted to know all, just question upon question. And I'm sure Rebecca had a million questions. Then she longed for Isaac. The more she learned about him, the more she longed for him. Then she began looking for Isaac. She learned that Isaac would be coming for her. And Isaac was just as eager to meet her as she was to meet him. Now, think back for just a minute. Two chapters back, Isaac had been to the sacrifice. His work was done. The calling of the bride was the work of another, the servant. And all he had to do was wait in the Father's presence. Did you know where Jesus is at right now? The Bible says he's seated by the right hand of God the Father in heaven waiting for his bride to come. Just like Isaac was waiting for Rebekah in the presence of the Father, here Jesus is waiting for you and I to get there. Jesus is eagerly, think about this, waiting for his blood-brought bride, the church, to come unto him. Then the cry will ring out, Matthew 25, verse 6, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Amen? Now the most important question in this whole chapter and this whole story is found in verse 58. Will you go? you got a choice. Amen? Will you go or will you not? I love this story. Oh, Abraham, type of God the Father, said, Now you can't take a bride from my son here among this worldly bunch. 
You take a bride from my son of saved people, my people. So he took his servant and sent him for his son's bride. That same thing God the Father had done for you and I some 2,000 years ago. He sent the Holy Spirit in this world looking for you. Do you know I was 26 years old before Jesus ever found me, if, I, if you could put it that way, or before I ever found Him? I've been through this world, and I've told it over and over again. I almost got drowned. I've had lightning hit right there at my feet and almost kill me. I was sitting in a shed one day in a storm with a bunch of men. I was working, and there's a big ball of steel rods running through that shed. And I never will forget it. I had just sat down on that bunch of steel, and something told me, get up and move. And I got up and moved over on a block just three feet from that bundle of steel, and lightning hit that bundle of steel and went right through that building, right where I was sitting. A big ball of fire went right down. It would have killed me dead. And I've thought about the many, many times up till I was 26 years old how God directed my life. Although I was not His child, He was still searching for me. He was still looking for me. The Holy Spirit had sent people into my life and witnessed and prayed and never will forget. After I got saved, these two little ladies in the church came up to me and said to me, "Uh, Brother Strong, we've been praying that you get saved. And we've been praying that God would call you to preach. And I never will forget it. I didn't seek after God. God sought after me. Rebecca wasn't looking for Isaac. Isaac came seeking after him, her. Amen. And I got news for you. Jesus is looking for you. Amen. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done, brother. If you washed in the blood, you're a chaste virgin for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe Jesus' blood can cleanse you from all your sin? First John chapter one verse seven says it can. Amen. And if you believe that, and he come to the Lord, he said, "I'll save your soul." Amen. Just that simple. What a beautiful story. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And I ask you, dear God, if there's somebody in this place or in here in distance of my voice now, all they have to do is bow their head and say, Lord, I will. I'll accept you as my Savior. Just like when we do a wedding today and we get a man to say, will you take this woman and will you take this man and we all say, we will. Same process, same story when it comes to salvation. And I ask you, dear Lord, to bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn to page 376, please. Page 376.